The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. We are talking about a half PPR mock draft. Christian McCaffrey was the number one overall pick. Alvin Kamara was the 12th pick. That might change with the news of a possible suspension. He's bracing for a suspension of six or more games. So we'll talk about that draft a little bit, how our teams look, uh, picks we like, picks we don't like, and and such. Uh, Good morning, Jamie and Heath. Heath, you have a smile on your face. You look happy. You You look ready to go. I'm just I'm just so happy to be here. And every time I hear your voice, that's what my face does. <laughs> Not sure about that. Uh, JB, how do you feel about the Miami Hurricanes actually not outbidding, but beating the Gators on a star recruit quarterback yesterday when the Gators were offering him an $11 million NIL and he took a measly $9.5 million NIL from Miami? I heard that that was uh, BS, but I, I, I tend to believe oh, yeah? it's probably true. <laughs> but um, in any event, uh, yeah, welcome to the NIL world. Um, welcome. Uh, congratulations. Hopefully, he's uh, he's wonderful for you. Oh, I hope so. Uh, he's. He'll, I had, he'll I had a it. fun experience this morning. Um, we have a cactus, small, tiny cactus in our kitchen. And please fall on it. Please tell me you fell on it. No, but I uh, I was cleaning something up near it, and I didn't realize that I must have. The towel must have brushed up against it, and for some somehow, I got a piece of the cactus in my hand, and there's like little tiny thorns in my hand. Boy, you know that's less less funny than I you know thought when I wanted you to have fallen in it. Now I just feel bad. That sounds tough. Uh, hope you're okay. Hope you don't have to take the show off. All right, so we'll talk about that mock draft. We have some news. We have a definitely take show off. Wait, I wouldn't take a show off for that. Are you kidding? You take shows off for everything. What? That's not fair. <laughs> BS. All right. That was the highest pitch my voice gets, by the way. What? <laughs> so we've got updates on Chris Godwin, Deshaun Watson, Debo Samuel, and You found more. an update? What's that? You found an update on Godwin? No, I was going to throw it to you for that. Oh, I mean, we can't use that. <laughs> we can't? <laughs> then we don't have it. an update on Love Chris it. Godwin. All right. Email of the day, though. I think we should do that when we do the Beavis and Butthead story. I'm giving you one minute on this email. It's from Dylan in Chicago. Subject, spice for Adam. Remember, I asked our emailers to spice it up a little bit with your questions. He says, hey, cinnamon, clove, and nutmeg. Those are spices. With the release of the top five tight ends, I have a case for Dallas Goddard. With the addition of A.J. Brown to the Eagles, you're all expecting the Eagles to throw more. You're expecting Jalen Hurts to become a potential top five quarterback or break into the top QB conversation. That, of course, is in fantasy, not in real life. But uh, if that's the case, Goddard is currently a steal in the 9 to 10 plus rounds of most drafts. I'll have to check that ADP. The Eagles parted ways with Zach Ertz, so Goddard is their guy. I also think the Eagles and Raiders are built very similarly with, a wide, rec- with wide receiver one additions, but you are all much higher on Darren Waller than Dallas Goddard. One minute on the clock. This is the case for Dallas Goddard as an easy top five tight end. Um, yeah, I don't know who, who would he would be easily ahead of in the top five tight ends. And the reason that we're much higher on Waller is because Waller's shown us the ability to be an elite tight end. Um, but if they throw the ball league average, which is almost 600 times, then yeah, Goddard would be a steal in round nine, 10. He went round eight in the mock draft we're going to review today. Um, two picks before me, and it, it may have been one of the best picks of the draft because I think I was considering taking him right before Terrid it. You kind of break up the tight end rankings or tiers or however you you know the, the list of guys that you're going to be drafting. We know the top five, and that's even broken up top two, you know, Pitts, and then the other two who you know could still be very good in terms of Waller and, and Kittle. 
And then this next group of, of guys, which is basically Schultz, who I think we all agree is the best of that group, um, Goddard, Ertz, and Hawkinson. If I, am I missing somebody there of that? Goddard, be no. No. All right, I think it's those four. Um, those four feel like the ones that we usually always reach for, <laughs> you know, the ones that we, we kind of always get burned by. Um, I do think Goddard's got uh, tremendous upside. I mean, you know, he, the, the pedigree is there. We've seen, you know, when he was the second guy uh, in his, it was either his rookie year or second year, I think it was second year, when he um, was a top 10 fantasy tight end and, and was, you know, playing great with Ertz in tandem with Ertz. So hopefully this is the year he puts it all together. Um, there, there's, you know, clearly if the offense throws the ball more, if he gets the targets that he needs, if Jalen Hurts is, you know, taking that step forward that we're hoping for, then he's got a great opportunity. I, I just think the value is perfect. Like he said, you know, you're getting a potential top five guy. I don't think he's going to finish in the top five barring injury to the guys in front of him, but he's got the potential to do it. So yeah, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a great or late type of guy. Uh, not as late as you'd like to go, but you know, certainly in that category. Yeah. He had Dallas Goddard had five or more targets in nine games. In those nine games, he scored 12 or more PPR fantasy points seven times, and that's terrific. There were only six tight ends who averaged 12 PPR fantasy points per game, and when he had five or more targets, he did that in seven of nine games. Problem is, his target he didn't get targeted really when Zach Ertz was there, so now what are you going to do when A.J. Brown is there? And they were throwing the ball like 34 times a game when Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard were there, and he averaged four targets per game, so... Um, all right, a lot to think about there and a lot more time to discuss Dallas Goddard. Thank you for the spicy email, Dylan in Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, we are not sure. We think it might be Dave's birthday today. No, no, no. Who said that? <laughs> Someone. It's July. Didn't you say it was Dave's birthday? No, 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 no. I just want to see if you buy it. Oh, really? Why do <laughs> you keep saying things that I'm not allowed to say? What is this? I mean, you can say this. <laughs> I thought it was Dave's birthday. Uh, no, his birthday is July 24th. to Chris Godwin. <laughs> Never mind. Dave was in Chicago over the weekend. I thought it was his birthday. <laughs> Dave will be back tomorrow. And tomorrow, Tuesday, we have a live Scott Fishbowl mock draft. And hopefully Scott will be joining us. No, no, no. It's not tomorrow. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, all right. Live mock draft. On, Why would on, Scott be joining us? Uh, he's sick. Actually, so oh. he might be able to. He, he'll probably be on, but he let me give me a heads up that he's not feeling great. Uh, hopefully, it feels better. Yeah. Um, so Scott Fish, I might not be on either if this cactus thing is bad. <laughs> Get an infection, <laughs> man. <laughs> anyway, it's a super flex mock draft. It's tight end premium. Yes, it's specific to the Scott Fish Bowl format. However, there are plenty of takeaways you can get from it. Uh, you know, even if you're not playing in anything like the Scott Fish Bowl. So join us 1 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. And please go there and subscribe to the channel. He kept the third round reversal again, right? Yep. Better have, because I selected my draft slot accordingly. Yep, he did. All right. News and notes. We do not have a Chris Godwin update, but Debo Samuel has not officially rescinded his no trade request, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Um. Yes. He has not officially rescinded his what? Trade request. That That's not what you just said, and that's not what the notes say. His trade... His no trade request I didn't, is what you said. I didn't say no trade. I wrote you it. Did. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping very well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he might still want to be no traded. Yeah. He has not, Debo has not rescinded his I don't trade what that means. request. It's not like a formal piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he hasn't said, don't trade me, but things seem so good there. Uh, Deshaun Watson's hearing will begin Tuesday, and we don't know how long things will last. We don't know when a decision will come, but more and more talk about a long suspension for Watson. I have pulled him from my rankings. Wow. I'm going to do that today, and I'm going to drop Kamara this morning as well because I hadn't done that yet. How far did you drop Kamara? Um, it's weird because, uh, you know this, um, but our, our rankings will lock for a period of about two or three days because of, they pull them for our magazine. And so I don't want to drop them to the point where there might not be a suspension because when the magazine comes out, <laughs> you know, I would like to have him ranked somewhat accordingly if he's playing. Uh, so I just put him at 12. And 
other news? Oh, oh uh, no, wait. I want to give you the T.Y. Hilton numbers. T.Y. Hilton played from 2016 to 2019. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. He went from 1,448 yards with Luck to 966 with Brissett to 1,270 with Luck to 501 in, in 10 games with Brissett. Jacoby Brissett is fantasy poison. So bad. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Dalton Schultz and the Cowboys are not close to an extension, according to Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. Does this change your Dalton Schultz thoughts at all? Not yet. Okay. No, if anything, I might change. It might give me a little more risk for dynasty value, but not for redraft. And Tampa Bay tight end Cade Otten could be the top option at tight end for the Bucks, according to Scott Smith of Bucks.com. Quick thought, Cade Otten. I would. He's certainly a dynasty uh, person, player to uh, target. Um, you know, in probably the third round, I would say of most uh, rookie only drafts. Uh, for redraft, I would probably look to avoid the Bucks tight ends initially. Unless you're, you know, tight end premium or your draft is really deep. In which case, you could take a swing at one of the two, Brait or Otten. But I just don't really think either one to start the season is one you want to trust unless something changes in the training camp. I think this puts a little bit of like a, a concern in the great or Brait tight end strategy. I'm going to go back to Jamie's greater list. <laughs> greater Brait. Make tight end Brait again? Yeah, I like that. All right, uh, so let's get into our half PPR. Plus, you also have—I mean, Gronk's going to play again. <laughs> He's what? coming back at some point later in the season. You think so? Well, according to the uh, report that we cannot talk about, there's also the thought of you know it, it, they're gearing up for a late season run. Um, <laughs> that Gronk Gronk will probably be joining them. So, what should I drop Gronk or no? I have uh, the one team or my real team. I have Gronk. Should you drop him? Yeah. Since you can't I, IR him? Right. Yes, you should drop yeah, him. Yeah, I got to drop him. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our half PBR mock draft. You can see the uh, draft. Actually, I should put a link to it. I'll put a link to the story in the episode description. But if you just go to our fantasy page, cbsports.com. Can you put it fantasy. in the YouTube comments, too? Yes, I can. I'll Ooh, do that. That would be a, it's a great idea, Jamie. Yeah, right now. Can you just let me finish my sentence, though? Uh, if you go to cbsports.com slash fantasy slash football, on your way there, do not put your hand on a cactus. You will see, the as of right now, the lead story is pre-training camp, half PPR, mock draft, and there is a picture of Christian McCaffrey in a camo, camo hoodie giving a thumbs up. Uh, so you can follow the draft there. I'll put the link in the episode description, and I'll put the link in YouTube in a moment. Give me the best pick of the draft, Heath Cummings. Not from your team. Best pick of the draft. Uh, round 14, Adam Azer took Khalil Herbert. <laughs> and I think he should uh I think he should go up closer to the uh like the the round 10, round eleven handcuff running backs because I expect this to be a, a, a better than expected rushing offense. And if something happens to Montgomery, Herbert's going to have real value, and it's possible that these two guys have an Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon type thing, and they're both valuable. Yeah, it was. You could have really chosen anything from my team, but Khalil Herbert works. We're going to choose something else from your team <laughs> in just a moment. <laughs> Jamie, what was the best pick of this draft? Uh, I like the Russell Gates selection around nine, um, with the potential of Chris Godwin's injury lingering, according to some reports. Uh, the fact that Gage could not only benefit with Al Gronk there now, and if Godwin is out to start any portion of the season, um, I'd move him closer to around seven pick. And so I, I think Russell Gage in round nine was a steal by Terra. Oh, I had another one of Terra's picks that I liked. And it wasn't one where I say, oh, well, he should definitely be going ahead of some others. But I just love getting Nick Chubb. She got Nick Chubb 18th overall after DeAndre Swift, after Aaron Jones. But this is where Nick Chubb has finished per game in half PPR the last three seasons, ninth, seventh, and 10th. And that 10th is a little bit low to me because he did leave week 18 with an injury pretty early and probably would have had a huge game because Dearness Johnson did, and it was against Bengals backups for what it's worth. But half PPR, Nick Chubb, 18th overall, was, I thought, really good. You guys agree? Disagree? Normal value? Normal. It's 
probably like my fourth favorite Tara pick in the draft. I like Dallas Goddard where she got him better in round eight. Okay. Uh, worst pick, Heath, not from your own team. Uh, Adam Azer, round three, Kyle Pitts. And well, this is just why? a disagreement that I have with with everybody else. Um, I, I've got Pitts as a round five pick. He's the only player that was taken in the first three rounds that's not in my top 50. So it's a pretty easy selection as the uh, as the worst pick in the draft. I think it would be interesting, though, for you, because you've talked about this a lot and done a really good job of like, just because a guy finishes here at tight end doesn't necessarily he's means he's worth this. What does Kyle Pitts need to do this year to be worth a round three pick? His stats are where he needs to finish. His stats. He needs to have 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Something like and that. more catches than last year, too, right? Yeah. More catches. What did he have last year? 60? I think he had 61. Yeah, so let's say 70 catches. So I, I mean, I'm not doing them. I don't know if this yards per catch is crazy, but 70 catches, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. I think he could do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's possible. Uh, but we did find we did find a number of tight ends who had five five ish touchdowns and finished in the top three. Like Kittle's done it a few times. Uh, it's it's possible. Right. Um, I, was, I was what I was trying to do while you were saying that was like get, get the difference because five more touchdowns would have been what thirty fa- fantasy points last year. And he could have had seven more from the yardage that you're saying, so 37 more. So two more fantasy points per game would have put him at 12.4, which would have been 0.2 more points than Dalton Schultz scored last year. I, mean, I think you can argue Dalton Schultz was worth a third-round pick. Uh, probably not. More like a fourth or fifth-round pick, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't approach it that way. It's like this guy's got immense potential. Plus, another— Well, no, you do approach it that way when you're talking about drafting tight ends early in the draft often. Uh, yes, for, uh, for, yes. Okay, so where did Dalton Schultz finish? Okay. Dalton Schultz was number five on a per game basis last year. Two points behind number four. And how many wide receivers averaged 12? Uh, let's see. I would guess 30, but I don't know. 38-ish. I guess he would need his, but that's so weird. Like eleven hundred and six touchdowns, and he's not. Doesn't that feel like a third round pick? Well, he again. He had. I don't know how many catches you would want to. He needs a lot more catches too. They just need a lot more volume. He needs to basically. It's not. I think that he needs to basically improve in all the categories. It's not just score more touchdowns and have a few more yards. I yeah. I, I hope he will. And it's also at that point in the draft, it was ninth pick of round three. I just don't love the picks after that. Chris Godwin, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Allen, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins is a no-brainer if he's ready for week one. It's a great pick, but he might start on pup. So I think you reach a point in the draft there where there really aren't a lot of players I love. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're shooting for the upside of what Pitts can be. Do you have a problem with that pick, Jamie? There you do. What do you think? Ninth oh, I like Pitts there. You know, I, I don't have a problem with it, you know, but I also think that he's going to exceed the numbers that you listed. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I sold them short. Maybe I'm in still stuck in 16 game mode. But okay. Uh, How many Jamie, catches did he have last year? 61. Uh, I'd probably put him at 80 this year. That'd be good. He had 68 last year. Okay, so 71. Okay. I think I said was too short. So, all right, we'll give him 80. That that would probably do it. That would probably. Well, it still would have made him tight end five, a point and a half behind tight end four last year, but. But then this comes down to the question we got last week. Points per game or total points? Because Kittle's points per game are typically going to be good, but how many games is he going to miss? Because you have to kind of bake that in with him. And Waller missed, what, six games last year? Eight games last year? Yeah, Waller was behind him. It was actually Gronk who missed five games with ahead of him. And the other right, point but, I'd, I'd make... Is, sorry, go ahead. Is Waller at the point where you have to start to worry about missing time? You know, with some of these guys, just because they're getting up in age? I don't th- think that... I mean, I'm not worried about Waller's age, but I am worried about Waller in general and, you know, bringing in Devontae Adams. We've been talking about this. The tight ends have had bad situations, so it's possible that it's just a... But so is he potentially. Maybe, but as I made the point, 
yesterday, he went for over 1,000 yards, and if you just look at the raw passing numbers from the Falcons, it, they were absolutely terrible. There's really right. no reason why they can't be 3,900 yards and 20 touchdowns or whatever they were last year with the, with the crap they have now. They, they were not a good passing team last year, and he still went over 1,000 yards as a rookie tight end. So I think that it might be an even worse year for tight ends, and he will stand out more. It, you know, he could stand out more. No, I, I, I mean, I, I agree just based on what he could do. And that's the hope, which is why you're drafting him in that spot. But I mean, this is where, you know, you know, you guys differ a little bit. I tend to lean toward, you know, what your thought process is here, Adam, is that you're drafting for not necessarily the ceiling, but close to the ceiling. Whereas Heath is more looking at it, I think, as the floor, you know, what, where's the floor for Kyle Pitts? And the floor is hopefully what he did a year ago, which is still pretty impressive. But is he going to get you know, north of three touchdowns. Is he going to get north of five touchdowns? You know, that's kind of the question because we just haven't seen it. I didn't love the pick. All right. I didn't think it was the worst, <laughs> but I didn't love it. JB, what was the worst pick? Uh, the worst pick. I'm a little torn on the choice, but um, I did not like, where is it? Pick mine. One of mine. That oh, was one of yours. <laughs> it was. Adam probably already did that. I have a good one. Actually. Just tell us yours. Uh, I think Chris taking Amonra St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson back-to-back, end of round six, beginning of round seven, 72 and 73 overall. I really think you are dramatically limiting your upside by taking those two guys, uh, Hawkinson and Amonra St. Brown. It's it, And it's half PPR. It's not even full PPR. So I think that's a really bad turn, quite frankly. Uh, Schneier makes fun of me in a mock draft we did. Last year, I drafted Texans with back-to-back picks, David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. I, this is the same idea. I, I know they're going to be better, but St. Brown and Hawkinson, to me, they kind of limit each other. They're similar. So I I, I really didn't like... I, I just don't think... Like, individually, you could argue for them, but together, I think that's that's a bad well, strategy. I think those Texans you took are a good example. Um, one of them absolutely smashed where you took him, Brandon Cooks, and one of them you dropped, David Johnson. Yeah, this was a mock... <laughs> an early mock <laughs> but yeah and i don't remember what round it was uh it was like five six i think it was not five seven. it was not five six probably five well five six or six seven that's where brandon cooks is always drafted i think it may no, have at that six, point seven. he was definitely going later could have no, been four five nobody wanted him at that point it was definitely it was two three <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's my pick jamie you have a pick? better pick though hawkinson or i said, St. Brown. St. to me i'd say st brown but yeah, I'd say Hawkinson. Well, he also took Hawkinson in front of Schultz. Right. A lot of a lot of things are going to have to change for uh, TJ Hawkinson to be a bad pick at the end of round six and Kyle Pitts to be a good pick at the end of round three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're A right. lot. Like a, an enormous change. I don't. I don't really view it that way. I mean, you're missing the point here, Heath. What, <laughs> what is the year where players exceed projections. They just have big years that you couldn't have projected. They're what season? Uh, second or third. Second, yeah. Second or third. Right, that's... I don't even think about that with Kyle Pitts. I don't even think about... How can he get... The, he's Kyle Pitts. He's he's pedigree. He's great rookie season. He's This is his second year. This is when you have to get him. This is the latest he'll ever I, go I, in drafts. Not, all those things are true. I'm just saying, like, looking at it from a... Like, th- how big the change has to be for Hawkinson to be bad at the end of round six compared to Pitts at the end of round three based on what happened last year. It's a massive change. Yeah. Well, again, you're also talking about a player in Hawkinson that has yet to play a full season. And they've added so many parts to this offense. Like, And he didn't really yeah. play with the Amandre St. Brown emergence. You know, only one game. <laughs> that is one way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, do you have a... Uh... <laughs> Yes, I do. Is this my best show or my worst show? <laughs> I've enjoyed it the most. Okay, good. Uh, what's your worst pick, Jamie? Uh, it's Chris Godwin in round three. Um, just tough to trust somebody there who could be out first in the portion <laughs> of the season, um, if that is the potential. But I think even in round three at this point, like I don't know if you would even take him in round three right now. Oh, no, um, no. You know, the, the chance of him missing the start of the season is certainly a realistic possibility. Um, so yeah, so Godwin in round three is just not, not the right spot for him. What's a pick that will make or break your team, Heath? 
A pick that will make or break my team. I think you should go first on this one. I'm going to say A.J. Dillon. He is my RB2. You just said Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, think, look, I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be bad. Right? I mean, what's the worst? They, tight end eight, something like that. He's not going to be a guy I'm dropping. Uh, Dillon, yeah, I don't think I'm going to drop him either. But I do think he's got serious potential to score eight touchdowns and, um, you know, have... 10 to 12 carries a game, maybe, who knows? Uh, but I think he could be a game-breaker for me. And obviously, if there's an Aaron Jones injury, it's, he's a league winner. Uh, so I have Mixon and A.J. Dillon as my two running backs. Dillon was drafted in round five for me, so he was 60, 57th overall. Uh, Jamie, make a break pick for you? Uh, I, I'll, I'll tie them together, which also factors in A.J. Dillon, which is Terry McLaurin in round five. Uh, which is a spot where I was considering Dylan because of how I have it ranked. It was also Dylan or Miles Sanders. But at that point, I had gone one running back, two receivers, and a tight end. And so did not have a second running back. But then I did take my second running back at the end of round six, which is Kareem Hunt. And so it's kind of that whole position decision of third receiver with a uh, without a second running back at that point. And so... You know, I guess Kareem Hunt will be the guy that, that makes or breaks my roster. But if Terry McLaurin is not a top 20 caliber wide receiver, if not top 15, and I don't, you know, have not a stranglehold at the wide receiver position, but a pretty good stranglehold at the wide receiver position close to it um, with the way I built my team, then, you know, not having a quality second running back and kind of mixing, mixing, mixing and matching in that spot uh, could go, you know, the wrong direction if the other guys that I threw a lot of capital at don't come through. Yeah, and I'll go with uh, my old wide receivers in the six seven range: um, Adam Thielen and Robert Woods. Both of them, I mean, when they're their best, could be top twelve wide receivers. Both of them are old, coming off injuries, and could be absolute dust. So, I really because Keenan Allen's my the only receiver I took before those two, and Drake London's the next receiver I took after those two. I really need one of those guys to be a top twenty wide receiver. Woods was one of the guys I looked at in terms of. What I thought was a bad pick. Um, I don't. I don't like him that soon, uh, personally, because I just don't know what the volume is going to be in that offense and how good or bad is Traylon Burks going to be, and you know how healthy is Robert Woods at this point in his career. He just kind of laid it out. Um, but when you start to look at the other receivers around him, it's hard to argue that he's not. In, he shouldn't be in this group or the, in this conversation. Now, the one guy that kind of stood out to me a little bit was Tyler Lockett. I think we're giving up on him a little bit too soon. Uh, that he's fallen into round eight now at this point, at least in this draft. Um, but Woods, you know, hopefully is is at 100% and can kind of live up to what he was prior to getting hurt with the Rams. Yeah, I, Woods was a candidate for me. I was going to say worst pick on that. It's a little, and maybe we just have to get used to the idea of him going this early. But he's middle of round seven for Heath. So that's about 76th overall, something like that. Right. What's your... What's your thought process there? And as Jamie mentioned, it's not like the wide receivers after are so great. Christian Kirk, Elijah Moore, Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Drake Lunt, rookies. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I actually like the receivers in the next round a lot better. Yeah, I think like, um, the video of him like cutting and turning as quickly as he was at this stage in his rehab gives me confidence that he's going to be a full go by week one. And the fact that he's been on the field a lot more during OTAs than Traylon Burks has gives me thought that he might be the wide receiver one on this offense. And like we've pretty much underestimated Robert Woods his entire career. Yes, well, I mean, you but, say that though, he was terrible in Buffalo. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Since he got to the Rams, we didn't even think about him when he was in Buffalo, really, I guess. Here are his receiving yards per game. Robert Woods last four seasons with the Rams. 76.2, 75.6, excellent. 58.5, 61.8, not very good. And if you're thinking about where he has finished in fantasy, always have to remember that his rushing attempts, his rushing totals have certainly helped. But even without them, I mean, he'd be he'd be a steal where you got him. But he'll be right. thirty. He's thirty years old. Yeah, all right, make or break. I think that's a good that's a good choice for make or break. Thank you. It's a very uh, interesting pick, Robert Woods. Okay, um, Heath, tell me if you think this is funny. <laughs> we laughed. We're about to do FFT in five last night. We were talking about this draft. <laughs> and uh, it's 10.30 at night or whatever. And we're about to go on. I'm like, okay, three, 
two. And Jamie goes, wait, don't ask me about my team because I don't have my glasses on and I can't see. <laughs> that is funny. It's like, oh, great. I'm going to have to read. He's like, you're going to have to read it to me. So, <laughs> I don't remember who I drafted. <laughs> He's going to say, what do you think about your pick around four? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> can't see it. All right, well, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, I want to talk about the running backs that went in round three and how they compare this year to in previous seasons. This is a bad year to be taking round three running backs. Kind of most years are not great years to be taking round three running backs, but we'll take a look at the running backs in round three. We'll review our teams and read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. It's been a weird show so far. So this year, in round three, the running backs in this draft were... David Montgomery with the first pick. Javante Williams, Williams, two picks later. James Conner, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, and Ezekiel Elliott. Six running backs. Montgomery, Javante, James Conner, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott. Jamie, what do you think in general about that group of six? I mean, I like them a lot. It's, It's, you know, hopefully they stay healthy and can you know, play to their potential, but this is typically the start of where these guys start to fail, unfortunately. I mean, you can see the flaws for all of them. If if Melvin Gordon is still relevant and, you know, good, uh, Javante Williams in round three is not great. If James Conner can't stay healthy, then that's not great. Um, Akers, same thing. And then Gibson, uh, you know, the the commanders feel like they've been, they were trying to replace him this offseason and, and may have in Brian Robinson bringing back J.D. McKissick. And Zeke, we know what the potential fallbacks can be if Tony Pollard is better and he struggles again. And it really wasn't the knee injury or the knee injury was the start of just him being done. So, but I mean, you know, you see, you know, some, some workhorse potential in, in these guys and, and hopefully they can fulfill it. But, you know, it's, uh, it's the risk you take with passing on some of the receivers in, these, in this spot and taking some of these running backs. I think we should circle back at some point, though, and look at Dave's team because he went three running backs to start his team. Uh, big surprise there. And then, you know, look at the receivers. I thought he recovered well. Uh, with the receivers that he took, but um, interesting start to his team. Yeah, I took three of four running back through my first four picks, and um, I, this was a draft that changed had made me change my uh, my David Montgomery strategy at least when Chris is picking where he is because I, I, David Montgomery was my top running back available at the end of round two, and I've just never take him there because I can always get him in round three, and Chris took him with the first pick around three, so I I. I do have him slightly ahead of the rest of these guys, um, but he's a he's a two three type running back. And these guys, the six again, in case you've forgotten: David Montgomery, Javante Williams, James Conner, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, and Ezekiel Elliott. The wide receivers drafted in this round were AJ Brown, Keenan Allen. And remember, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen is, went to Heath. Probably a second-round pick in full PPR. This is half PPR. So A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, which we already said is too early. Kyle Pitts was the other pick in this round. Um, all right, how does it compare to 
how did those six, Montgomery, Javante, Connor, Akers, Gibson, Zeke, compare to last year's third round, according to Fantasy Football Calculator ADP from 2021? Montgomery, Jacobs, James Robinson, DeAndre Swift, and Daryl Henderson. That's a really good round of running backs, right? It ended up, I know Robinson got hurt, Henderson got hurt, but when they were healthy, Swift too. Montgomery, Jacobs, Robinson, Swift, and Henderson. Yes, there were a lot of injuries in this group, but you can't really complain about the performance. Solid group there last year. Well, I mean, Henderson was okay. I think Henderson, first, he was the last pick for what it's worth. He was 36th. Uh, I think he absolutely performed well enough to justify that. Well, that's always kind of the debate, I think, as I understand it with the dead zone, is whether it starts at the beginning of round three or at the end of round three. I think most people who who avoid that round, that area with running backs, don't want to take running backs in round four through seven, for sure, or four through six. But um, there's enough running backs, because especially in, in industry drafts, that are falling back into round three that I think we'll have to at least say the dead zone starts in round four this year. Maybe Zeke will be the official start of the dead zone. Do you see more concerns with this group this year in terms of maybe workload uh, compared to last year, if we can all think back? Montgomery, did he have workload concerns? No. no. Jacobs, but, yeah. With Kenyon Drake coming in, yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jacobs really didn't take off until Drake's and Waller's injuries from where he was as a pass catcher. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson, I'd say no. No, that's, a, that's why he bounced up to the third round because of the injury right. to... ETN. Uh, DeAndre Swift was injured and he fell. And then Daryl Henderson. I, I guess there were questions about his role. We had we didn't know that he would just well the, the Sony Michelle trade right before the season raised some concern. Remember all the Jake Funk and uh, yeah. Xavier Jones hype. <laughs> that was fun. And then you have Montgomery workload concerns for Montgomery this year. No, not for me. No, no. Javante, yes. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, if you he worked what he did last year, he's not worth a third-round pick. Javante, Javante, before they re, uh, re-signed Melvin Gordon, was a borderline first-round pick. Right. Yep. James Conner, workload concerns? Slight? Not really in round three, but yeah. Some. Cam Akers? Uh, yes. Antonio Gibson? Yes. Oh, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott? Okay, so we're going to go through the first four rounds. I don't even know that we have to give too much analysis, but just in case people are curious, you know, Jamie says this is more or less what you can expect the first round to look like, with the exception, perhaps, of Alvin Kamara, who went 12th. Uh, McCaffrey was one. Jonathan, and Taylor is going to be one in ADP. But So worry more about who they are, not where they went. But McCaffrey, Taylor, Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, and Alvin Kamara. That was round one. Round two, Swift, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Stefan Diggs, Mark Andrews, Nick Chubb, C.D. Lamb, Leonard Fournette, Debo Samuel, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. Man, there are not 12 second-round picks. <laughs> Not yet. Hopefully there will be. Where does it start for you where you go, ooh, this is not a second-round pick? Um, well, I mean, it's just I've, there's reason to be very uncomfortable with Lamb, Fournette, Debo, Barkley, Tyreek, all in round three. Or round two, not in round three. They're all great round three picks. Which means Mike Evans is a solidified round two pick. Because you I didn't think he is right now. You didn't yeah. mention him, right? Right. Right. What about Fournette? Fournette was your pick. Yeah, I would have taken Montgomery if I thought that somebody might take him. Um, I've got a little bit concerned with him. Big if he big shows up in training camp in shape, I'm fine <laughs> with him in round three. Right, right. 100% agreed. Okay, round three, Montgomery. We talked a lot about this already. Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Javante Williams, James Conner, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Cam Akers, Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think there's some guy like you could see Acres for sure with a good camp in the round up in that round two discussion. 
Correct. And I think AJ Brown and Keenan Allen are round two picks personally. I have some AJ Brown concerns. I definitely think he makes sense. In fact, I took him right at this uh, two, three turn with the first overall pick. I went Taylor and then AJ Brown, I think it was 24, 25 for me in a draft we did last week. I get it here, but you know, I, I guess my concerns are health. I don't know how fair that is, but also I just worried a little bit about the passing offense and, I like Devontae Smith. He might be the... I would say he's probably going to be the second best receiver that Brown's ever played with. I think Julio Jones was better but wasn't really able to stay healthy. And I have concerns about Jalen Hurts. I have concerns about the amount of passing touchdowns there will be. You know, Tannehill was a ridiculously efficient quarterback. And then last year, Brown wasn't as good and Tannehill wasn't as good. So um, do you share any of those concerns or are you comfortable with him in round two? Like comfortable, confident with him in round two, A.J. Brown. I'm confident with him in round two, but I also think that Jalen Hurts is going to improve and they're going to allow him to throw the ball more than they did last year, which we've talked about ad nauseum, that the first half of the season, they were very pass happy. Then it almost coincided with the Zacherts trade and you know just realizing that they needed to run the ball more. And then the run offense was so successful that they just stuck with it. And so you know we'll see a balance, but I think that will swing back in the favor of them throwing the ball on a higher percentage than they do run the ball because why would you make the investment in A.J. Brown after making the investment in Devontae Smith and not allow your quarterback to be in a more modern offense when your lead running back, as good as he might be, and I think we're undervaluing Miles Sanders a little bit, but has clearly had a hard time staying healthy as well. And so, you know, the moves that they've made this offseason suggest that they're going to throw the ball more. And so I think you have to buy into that. I think A.J. Brown has shown the ability to, while yes, Ryan Tannehill's been efficient, it's also been an offense that's been a little hamstrung by pass attempts as well. And so if they throw the ball a little bit more while there's more competition around him, I think he will succeed with the higher target volume if that does come to fruition. Okay, and then round four is as follows. Josh Allen, first quarterback off the board. J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Cooks, to, not to Heath. Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddell, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, Darren Waller, and Deontay Johnson. One quarterback, Josh Allen, he went 37th overall. One tight end, DK Metcalf. George Kittle would go five picks later. Metcalf went 47th overall. And the rest are running backs and receivers. Dobbins, Cook, Sutton, DJ Moore, ETN, Waddle, Jacobs, Brees Hall, Metcalf, Deontay Johnson. See, this group of running backs is, is interesting, I think maybe even more so than the round three guys, because as... You know, he's noted that this this is where the dead zone typically falls. But you see so much upside with a few of these guys. You know, I mean, Brees Hall, as we've, you know, talked about a lot, how successful rookie running backs, how successful at least one rookie running back has been, and he profiles as the one that should be the most successful. Uh, obviously, as, as you mentioned, Adam, J.K. Dobbins, if we find out he's healthy, there's no way he's staying in the fourth. He's falling to the fourth round. He's going to be at least the top three-round pick. Um, so, you know, this could be a little bit of a steal. If James Robinson's not ready for the start of the season, Travis Etienne might even be a steal in this round, but this is a good spot to take a chance on him. And then Jacobs is the one that you could certainly debate. I, I know Heath has probably a little bit stronger feelings than, than most on, on Jacobs, but if he's right and still the lead guy here, this is a good spot for him. I don't know if it's a steal, but it's a good spot for him, You know, given that he should still be the top guy on an offense that should improve with a better head coach or, or at least a better play caller and, and the better talent around him. So... It doesn't feel like this is a, a, a bad round of running backs, given what typically has happened in the past. And it might be to what you said, you know, uh, especially in analyst drafts, Heath, that um, they, these guys get pushed down a little bit more maybe than they should. Right. And I, I think like Dobbins, Etienne, and Brees Hall are all guys that I wouldn't be surprised in August if they're the Green Arrow guys that uh, just like the entire draft season, they're, they're just moving up. I, I heard in some um, some – of the high stake, early high stakes drafts, ETN's going as an early third round pick. So, uh -huh. um, like these are the types of guys that eventually, if they start getting hyped up in training camp, they could go to the moon. All right, and again, this 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 three three and four round round three and round four running backs, it feels more like a PPR draft than a half PPR draft. What do you think about Dobbins though? You said Dobbins won't be in round four if he's healthy. Do you think he'll be in round four in full PPR? Because in half PPR, he definitely no. won't be in round four. No. No, I think he, he's in round three. Like, I, I know, just me personally, I'll move him up probably four or five spots in my rankings. Right now, he's in the early 20s. You know, he'll get into the teens if he's 100% healthy. 
If yeah, if he's one hundred percent healthy, I think he's around two pick in non PPR and around three pick in full PPR. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about our teams then. Jamie had the second overall pick. He waited until round. Well, do do Dave's team first because I think it's it's an interesting build. All right, it's going to go in order, but that's fine. Jamie, for the record, waited until round twelve to take his quarterback, and it was Matthew Stafford. Dave had the third pick, and he went running back heavy. Tom Brady is his quarterback. Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley are his running backs. They were his first and second picks. Javante Williams is his flex. He was his third pick. So he went Henry, Barkley, and uh, and Javante Williams with his first three picks picking out of the three spot. His quarterback is Brady, as mentioned. This was before the Gronk news and the Chris The day Gronk. of. <laughs> yeah, right. It was, it was maybe a half hour before the Gronk news. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But like, still, Brady in round eight with the some of the other quarterbacks where they went, that's a fantastic value that nobody else will probably get. Uh, his wide receivers are DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, and Jahan Dotson. And tight end is Dalton Schultz. And he has Tim Patrick and Chase Claypool. He, and on his bench, he has Tim Patrick, Chase Claypool, Odell Beckham, Rob Gronkowski, unfortunately, uh, Devin Singletary, and... Tyrion Davis Price, Ty Davis Price, as they call him, 49ers backup running back. So he does have Singletary as a nice option there as well, fourth running back. But the wide receivers, he needs to start three of them, are DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Jahan Dotson, Beckham, and Claypool, and Patrick, and Tim Patrick. So this is obviously, you know, his weakness is his receiving core. And I, I didn't love Metcalf in round four, Given the quarterback situation right now over some of the other guys he took, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, I like all those guys better. I even like Allen Robinson, who he took uh, ahead of DK Metcalf now personally. But um, if Metcalf is right with, you know, let's just say it's Baker and, and, and we, you know, buy back into whatever degree on, on Metcalf closer to where his, his you know, this may be where his value is. But, you know, I think Dave is still a little um, encouraged by, by Metcalf, which is fine. But if he had taken... Evans or Keenan Allen or AJ Brown or one of those receivers instead of Barkley, how much better does his team look? Given the fact that he ended up with Singletary still as their running back, which you know is fine as a number three guy, great as a number four guy. Yeah, it's I'd prefer it that I'd prefer it with the wide receiver instead of Barkley. Right. It just it's I, hard. Look, I, I'll just give a quick story here. I've told this before, but this we did a half PPR, maybe it's full PPR. I can't remember. Um FF Fantasy Football Today League last year. Full PPR? Full PPR. Yeah, so a little bit different. Um, three of my first four picks were running backs, and they were Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and then in round four, I took Gus Edwards, obviously after the Dobbins injury. My third round pick was Robert Woods. Uh, so it didn't work out. I don't want to be one of those guys who says, oh, it didn't work out last year. I'm not doing it this year, but there's a lot of risk in taking three running backs with your first three picks or even with your first four, three or four. That's what I did. What, okay, so let's look. Then we'll transition right into Heath's team. <laughs> and that, that's unusual, I think, for Heath. I but, will say though, you know, I, I again, if Metcalf is closer to what Mech, close to what he typically is, he recovered pretty well. Right. Okay, so Heath well, had I, the Adam, you said that fifth pick. I, I think it goes back to what Jamie said that when we do half PPR drafts, the rankings that are in the draft room are all PPR rankings. And Jamie said this: the running backs that are available in round four looks more like a PPR draft than a half PPR draft, and I think maybe that's why. All right, let's take a look at your team. You ha- you went with Eckler and Fournette with your first two picks. Then Keenan you had Allen. no expectations you were getting Eckler at that spot, right? Oh no, I did not. I <laughs> thought I was going to be drafting Cooper Cup, honestly. Right. But. Eckler, Fournette, uh, Keenan Allen, Josh Jacobs were your first four picks. Your team is Justin Herbert at quarterback, Eckler, Fournette. Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Josh Jacobs at flex, and Cole Komet at tight end, and greater late. And you on your bench, you have Michael Carter and Damian Pierce at running back. Will Fuller, Julio Jones. Hey, if you can't choose between two injured guys, take them both. <laughs> Nicole Hardman and Drake London. Drake London is your top bench wide receiver uh, for now. All right, what do you think of your team? I love my bench. And I, 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 I like, I got a nice Chargers stack, which the Chargers should be good. I got Herbert Eckler and Keenan Allen. Um, I love my running backs. It's just like I've got, I've got three wide receivers, I think, that are all over 30 or will be 30 or older. 
Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen, 29? I think Keenan Allen is age 29 season. But I'll check for you. Okay. But, yeah, it's just can a couple of those old wide receivers hold up? Or can Drake London? Nope. He's 30. Or, he's 30. Or, or Julio, boom. Happy birthday, Keenan Allen. You're 30. You Today? Man. No. But I missed it. You know, I'm, unlike you guys, I say happy birthday when I find out I missed someone's birthday. So, you know, I, happy birthday. All right. You like, so would you do anything differently? Um, well, I hadn't thought about that, but Jacobs would be the one I think that I would do differently. Yeah. I, I, I remember when it was that time to pick, I thought, I almost thought, or I did think, I, I almost want to not draft Jacobs and just see how far he goes if I don't draft him. And I remember having that feeling a couple times last year as well. All right. Let's look I would at have probably Jamie's taken team. him in round five. Jamie, let's finally get to your team here. You had the second pick, Matthew Stafford in round 12. No, I, but before he, he goes, I think just in terms of his roster, like if he had taken, which receiver would you have taken out of Metcalf, Deontay? I don't think you would have taken Mike Williams after Keenan Allen, but McLaurin, Robinson, probably McLaurin, right? Yeah, I should have taken Mike Williams. That would have been even more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has a Chiefs fan. <laughs> um, okay, are we done yet? Or so, but then I would have not got Jacobs and had a different. Yeah, I, I don't. I still think like, and Jacobs we'll talk about a lot later in the week because he's my guy. I'm most scared of being wrong about. But I think if Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs, he's he's going to be worth an early third round pick like David Montgomery. Let's go to Jamie's team. Pick him second. Nope. (laughs) Going to mute your mic. Matthew Stafford, Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt. So this is someone who, this is a team that went very heavy on wide receiver. He took Taylor, and then he took Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Darren Waller, Terry McLaurin, and then Kareem Hunt. Uh, So the final starting lineup looks like Stafford, Taylor, and Kareem Hunt. Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. Darren Waller at tight end and Alan Lazard at flex. I think people are going to really like this team. I mean, it's a it's a good looking squad. Uh, now you tried to kind of overcome your running back weakness with Kareem Hunt being your RB two, with James Cook, Alexander Madison, uh, Rashad White backup running back for Tampa Bay rookie, Deontay Foreman backup at Carolina, Kenneth Gainwell, and and that's it, right? Madison. Cook, Foreman, Gainwell, Rashad White, and you have Jacoby Myers on your bench. This is, I can't really, can't complain about this team. This is a good team. Well, the the thing that I tried to do, and I think if you go this route, you know, whether it's zero RB or hero RB or just, you know, in, in any sort of, you know, scenario where you're, you know, sort of sacrificing that position a little bit, um, you, you want to try to do, you know, a, a couple of things. You know, there, there's probably lots of different routes to go, but my approach was, Trying to find a couple guys who have the ability to play right away. And obviously Kareem Hunt, we know. I think Gainwell is going to be used quite a bit more in tandem with Miles Sanders. And then James Cook hopefully will be used a lot, you know, in the in the Bills offense. But in the event that they're not, the other approach was, okay, if these guys get starting spots, what type of offenses are they on? Madison, we know. You know, the Vikings offense has a chance to be very explosive, but we've already seen Madison step in for Dalvin Cook and be great. Uh, Rashad White, the Bucks offense should be fantastic. And if Leonard Fournette does go down, uh, Keith's team will be ruined, but my team would be fantastic um, if he's the if he's the number two guy there. Uh, James Cook, if his role does expand and something happens to Devin Singletary. Uh, Gainwell, same thing. You know, so th- that was kind of – it. it was – not just, okay, this is the next best guy in my rankings. It was also skipping over a couple of guys to do that. And, you know, circling back to your Khalil Herbert suggestion, you know, um, I need to I need to move Herbert up a little bit in my rankings. But, like, somebody like Herbert on a, what could be a bad offense for Chicago or Foreman on a bad offense for Carolina, you know, which of the two has more lottery ticket appeal? Um, and, and I don't know the answer to that because we've seen the backup to Christian McCaffrey two years ago and Mike Davis be very good for fantasy, even though, you know, he wasn't great as a, as a player, but he was certainly productive. And Herbert had some good stretches last season when he stepped in for Montgomery. So there's, you know, certainly an argument to be made there, which is the better of the two. But again, the, 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 the earlier picks that I made at that spot was good offense and, and hopefully, you know, major role if the starter goes down. Yeah, that's it. Khalil Herbert versus Deontay Foreman is interesting. Uh, Deontay Foreman, just looking now, has 18 career catches. And Herbert had 14 last year. So maybe that 
Maybe that gives an edge to Herbert. He might have a role in the passing game. Foreman might. He should, based know. on what they're saying in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, and I'll just, I'm not going to spend too much time on my team. I had the ninth pick. I, took I wouldn't Joe, either. Joe Mixon. And mm-hmm. I, I like my team a lot, actually. But you clearly I just, didn't spend much time when you were choosing the players. I'll just tell you why <laughs> I like my team. Because uh, look at the offenses. I have Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, A.J. Dillon, Stefan Diggs, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Kyle Pitts as well, but um, the core of my team, I think, you know, Wilson, obviously Sutton, uh, Diggs, Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, AJ Dillon could be talking about the best, some of the best offenses. In for, for anybody that didn't watch the live stream and and may not have uh, heard you say this, you're very aggressive with the Broncos receivers, and I know now more so Sutton than than Judy, understandably so. Mm-hmm. You took Sutton over this group of receivers. DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson. Why? I think he's going to be the number one guy for Russell Wilson. He's got a thousand yard season under his belt with Drew Locke. I think he's going to score eight or more touchdowns. And I have concerns about every one of those players, including Sutton, because Judy could be the guy. But, you know, I uh, just, I'm just buying into Russell Wilson. We have not seen the best of Cortland Sutton and. I'm trying to get ahead of the game, I guess. I think uh, his ADP is really low. It's, it's like a six-round pick or something, but that won't be the it, case for long. So if... Yeah, if go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, knowing that his ADP is where it is, and you know, at this point, you've done enough drafts with all of us. A, did you think that Sutton was going to go? Because you know, if you know your league, clearly you can wait it I out. I did not think he was going to be there with my next pick, which was like a round and a half later in round okay, five. Okay, so you, you thought you had to be aggressive. Yes. Because I guess, you know, just again, you know, changing some of our picks, had you gone any of these running backs, whether you like them or not, but I know you said, A.J. Dillon, you have a little bit of concern over, but Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, um, I guess Dillon was the next one to go. You could have had any one of those guys and then maybe gotten Sutton in round five. If I could get him in round five, sure. I didn't think I would be able to get him in round five. Um, if you're telling me that he is going to lead the team in targets, then I think Cortland Sutton could perform like a round two pick. I really do. I think he's just going to have a huge year. He's going to be, if I had to guess right now, if I were doing a bunch of drafts in the next few weeks, he'd be my most rostered player. Uh, but I have a what feeling. What if there's a video that comes out tomorrow of Russell Wilson throwing a deep pass to Jerry Judy? That's fine. I mean, I think <laughs> I think Judy no, could Hamler, end up. Hamler, Hamler. I think Judy could end up being a real steal because you know people are are low on him because the reports haven't been great, or whatever. And I think he could just you know blow away that ADP and he could be a great pick. But I think they both could be. I mean, that's the point. So you they think both. they're almost as good as DK and Lockett? No, I, I can't say that. I can't say that. But uh, that's why Pedigree would say they're better. What? Their pedigree would say they're better. Well, not DK, right? Well, I mean, DK was a third-round pick. I'm talking about their NFL draft capital. You know, oh. so. Yeah, so, so right. So, um, was like, I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh, like, I think DK Metcalf had first-round upside with Russell Wilson. I don't think Sutton has that, so I think I said he has second-round upside. But I predict that Sutton will be a fourth round pick when it's all said and done. Oh, I, I don't disagree. If the report's on Judy and right now he's banged up, you know, continue because nobody's going to be hammering Tim Patrick over Cortland Sutton, you know, and I, and I don't think he should. But the the thing that's fascinating about Sutton is that second year, you know, going into year three, everybody was excited about Cortland Sutton, you know, coming off that, that year that he had. And then two games in tears his ACL. And then last year, you know, was so frustrating, but how much of that was still a year removed bad quarterback play and now he has this dream quarterback for what his skill set is. Yeah. And so I, I don't I don't disagree with your logic, Adam. I I just think this is coming this comes down to players like this, where how well do you know your league and could you have gotten him around later? And so you don't think you could have, so you take the player, which is totally the 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 right move to make. But if you could have gotten him around later, then you don't have the AJ Dillon concern. Like you probably would have taken Brees Hall, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably fair. It's basically Brees Hall and Amari Cooper versus Cortland Sutton and AJ Dillon. Yeah, that's easy for me. That's definitely Sutton and Dillon. No, but but and I, I would I would do it as well. But unless it's Cortland Sutton and Brees Hall, right? Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I look the wide receiver that you pick in round four is a really important pick. I say this all the time. So this is when the pendulum starts to swing and all the running backs 
People go so running back heavy. Round four wide receivers are great. Not all of them, but these are like round two running backs, basically. I mean, they, you've got potential for league winners. So you've got you've to nail this pick. <laughs> round four, I, I, round uh, five. And there's a lot of pressure there. There's great. I pass up a lot of very, very talented receivers. Like DJ Moore, DK Metcalf might be better receivers than Cortland Sutton. In fact, if I had a guess, I'd say they probably are. But I'm just going with situation there. Uh, well, if one of those guys gets Baker, are they ahead of Sutton for you? Yes, I think I put I would put Metcalf ahead of. Uh, I I would be very excited about Metcalf if he had Baker Mayfield. I uh, screwed up. What I should have said was it could have been Brees Hall and Jerry Judy. I don't really know what to expect from Brees Hall. I haven't had the guts to draft him yet. So which running back would you have considered if you didn't take Sutton? Etienne, Jacobs, Hall. Yeah, I said Hall. It's Hall or Etienne. I'll take, I'll take Hall. All right, so I let's say you go Hall, and let's just say Sutton goes. So your choices are... <laughs> is Judy still available? Yeah, Judy's still available. So your choices are... And you took Juju over Judy, but I know you wouldn't have taken Sutton and Judy. So you, your choices would have been Marquise Brown, potentially, Darnell Mooney, potentially, Cooper, Bateman, Gabriel Davis, Michael Thomas, Juju, and Thielen, if you want to extend it. You'd probably take Michael Thomas, right? That's the name that stood out when you were saying that, yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, we're going to have a show. we got to have a show soon. We've talk, we have all these different topics. We have got to have a rounds four through six wide receiver show. I truly think that this is where you win your draft. Shagger, hey. Um, <laughs> I don't th- it's not going to be this week. I, I think I'm going to pencil it in for next week. But this, I think we should maybe do two episodes on it, honestly. It's, it's huge. It's so So important. it was a couple of weeks ago when you took Judy in round four over Sutton, right? I did that in PPR. The next day, I took Sutton over Judy. What are the chances within the next three weeks you take Judy over Sutton in round four again? Look, it's possible. I'll I'll follow. I'll follow the reports. Um, I think they're both. Look, I'm very, very much buying into the Broncos passing game, and I really like both of those guys. And I love Russell Wilson. I want to get a ton of Russell Wilson this year. Uh, I think they're going to have a great offense. So. I view it very similarly to Lockett and Metcalf, where you could guess wrong and pick the wrong guy, but still end up with a very good wide receiver. Right. Or you just take Tim Patrick <laughs> as late yeah. as you can. I don't know that I see consistency from him. I, it's probably some big games, but sure. I mean, true look, number uh, three of, wide receiver of their number top three NFL receiver, wide receiver, not KJ Hamler. Patrick may be off the field the most. He may be on the field the most. I don't know. But right. yeah, you know, if they a, want their best speed threat on the field, Hamler's going to see a lot of playing time. And he's going to be one of their more frustrating fantasy options because he's going to have a two-touchdown week and 180 yards, and then he's going to have a two-catch for 40-yard week uh, three weeks in a row, and then they'll blow up for another week again. I mean, he's going to be that type of player. But, you know, Patrick may end up, as we've seen, you know, especially now Judy's banged up once again. Um, that's the scary solid. thing. Yeah, because they're acting like, Patrick and Sutton are going to play the most. And then they want to get Hamler in the field. And it's like, well, what about Jerry Judy? Well, that's where Judy's going to play the slot. Like Sutton does not play the slot. I no. think he was outside like 90% last year. Uh, I don't but want... Where's Sutton. Hamler going to play? I'm not worried about KJ Hamler. Are you kidding? KJ Hamler's not going to play over Jerry Judy. That, if that's the no, case, that's... Totally right? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's Hamler and Patrick are fighting for... The outside, the second outside spot. Yeah, but but we should give Patrick some credit. I mean, two straight years with about 740 yards, five to six touchdowns. He's missed three but, games but over that stretch. That's there. good. What injuries? What do you mean? No, no. I just mean like like you can't say any other Paul Richardson type of player on Seattle had the career of Tim Patrick. Patrick's a solid player. Oh, for sure, and yeah. and they rewarded him as such. You know and. You know, you you. I, I spoke to Cortland Sutton. The thing he was, you know, more it's just in in coming out of his mouth was more excited about Tim Patrick getting paid than he was getting paid. You know, he was like, it's so good to see a guy like that who's had to struggle and, and and get rewarded. But you know, does Tim Patrick become what he is, which is a nice player, like you said? But I don't know if he's a superstar. No, does no, he become I, what what he is if Sutton doesn't blow out his ACL and and Jerry Judy misses six games? I guess I just meant more like he's more of a thorn in the side of of Cortland and Sutton and Jerry Judy than any other Seahawk player was to Metcalf and Lockett. 
Right. And I, I think even that, it could be that we get to the midseason and that even that was disrespectful to Tim Patrick. Fair. Could be. In that case, I will have a lot of useless Cortland Sutton shares. This, this is actually, you know, what your friendship strategy has morphed into. This yep. is the perfect guy to take. Because whether you take one of the other two early, round four, round five, round six, you know, on, on, on the top two guys, Sutton and Judy, you should absolutely be taking a chance on Tim Patrick. Unless the hype gets too out of control if Judy's not right in training camp. Tim Patrick should be Adam's most drafted player. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love it. I think I'm it's just going to. I'm just going to draft AFC West. I think if I but that's, just draft AFC West will be fine. That's another show to have is the best third receivers to take, or at least a segment to have. You know, significant portion of a show. Well, later this week we're talking about our favorite wide receivers after round ten. He is going to probably be one of them. Uh, he's going 147th overall. We might have to do like round nine. I don't know. But yeah, late, best late round wide receivers will definitely, that's a show coming up later this week. All right. Thanks for a good discussion here. I intended to read some good emails. I didn't. So I will do that uh, t- hopefully tomorrow when Dave, I think that's who's not going to be celebrating his birthday, when Dave will join us on tomorrow's show. Thanks to Heard Jamie Dave's going to have some Chris Godwin news when he gets back. <laughs> All right, Cactus Man and Heath, we will talk to you all later on Fantasy Football today.